we are finishing off this series called Better, and today is really our final day of being in the series, and we've been, been talking about intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. When I was on my way into my eighth grade year, leaving seventh grade, my seventh grade summer, entering into my eighth grade year, I spent that summer traveling around in a little RV with my dad and my stepmom and my stepsister. Oh, the stories I could tell from that summer. I will not tell them here at this point, uh, but maybe someday. But one of those trips, well, my dad was, he was traveling around. He was itinerant, itinerant speaking. Is that the right word? He was speaking itinerantly. Anyway, he was, he, was, he, was dri- he was driving around the country. He was speaking at different places, and we were kind of tagging along. Well, we ended up at this family camp. Uh, how many of you grew up going to family camp? Like you spent a lot of time there? Yeah, three of us. It was great. So... <laughs> So I grew up going to family camp, and I'm, I'm like, serious family camp. Like, people, they set up a big tent, uh, and in the tent there's a bunch of sawdust, you know, on the ground, and a bunch of folding chairs, and everybody packs in, and you just have these dynamic meetings and worship and prayer with a whole bunch of people, and really, really fun. Well, at this particular camp, there was a speaker, and her name was Sister Rachel Titus. And Sister Rachel Titus, she was advanced in age, and she stood up on Monday morning of this particular camp, and she said, if you have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, on Thursday, you will. And I had never, and I said, ooh, what does that mean? And then I got a little scared. And so over the course of that week, uh, I, I was spending time with my dad and my stepmom, and we were opening up the scriptures, and they were telling me stories and pointing out who the Holy Spirit is and how he works. And, and so we kind of walked through that, through the beginning parts of that week, up to Thursday. And I got to ask questions and ask them, so what about this, and how does this work? And so on Thursday morning, it was time. And so I sat through the service with my little studious seventh grade self on the way to eighth. And I was taking notes and listening to everything that Sister Rachel Titus had to say. And I wrote them down. And then the moment came and she finished her message and she said, Okay, if you want to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit, I want you to stand up and come down. So with great fear and trepidation, I stood from my chair wearing my acid wash jeans and Bugle Boy shirt. Anybody remember Bugle Boy? Actually, I might have a picture of me around this time. Let's get out off there right away. Let's, let's get that. Let's, let's remove that. That's about what I looked like, though. And, and so I stood up, and I walked down to the front, and I stood there with a whole bunch of other folks. Sister Rachel Titus, she prayed a prayer over us, and she said, just receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And, and immediately, it just happened. Boom! It just, it just, he just kind of fell on me. Like, it was this amazing, dramatic, powerful encounter, and I burst into tears immediately, <laughs> and, and then I got scared, <laughs> but, but I burst into tears, and I just felt this overwhelming thing, this, this heavy, this wonderful, beautiful thing that happened, and for me, right at that moment, at that, now this is going to freak some of you out, but right at that moment, my mouth just kind of, boo, and I just exploded with this prayer language. And I received the gift of speaking in tongues. And it dramatically changed the course of my entire life. Like it just, there was no question about it. It just kind of, it just kind of came up out of me. And that's what kind of freaked me out. And I was like, whoa, what's going on here? And I stopped and then my stepmom came. She prayed for me and we continued. And I continued to grow in that. And from that day on, everybody, my life has never, ever been the same. 
the, the friendship, the intimacy that I felt with God, the relationship, the ability to hear his voice, the ability to use that prayer language and have the spirit of God actually praying through me, just an amazing and powerful and life-transforming encounter. And that's the thing that I want to talk to you a little bit about today. And several people got real nervous. Oh, boy. Welcome to One Chapel, everybody. We're so glad you're here. Uh, we're wrapping up this series today, and the goal of this series has solely been that you would learn to develop an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit, that you'd get past your preconceived notions and your fears and all the things that you've heard and things that you've been nervous about and develop an intimate friendship with Him. And actually, with all three persons of the Trinity, we've been looking at 2 Corinthians 13, 14. It says, the amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. That's Paul's prayer to the church in Corinth and also his prayer for us and my prayer for all of us here today. Jesus himself said that this Holy Spirit is the promise of better, something better. He said, John 16, 7, but I tell you the truth, it is better for you that I go away. For if I may not go away, the comforter will not come unto you. And if I go on, I will send him unto you. And the question we've been asking ourselves repeatedly over these weeks is, so what does that really mean for us today? John 14, 16, Jesus said, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that may abide with you forever. That word helper is the word parakletos, and it simply means comforter, counselor. It means an advocate. It means someone who comes alongside you to help you in your life. And everybody, that is something that's better. Jesus said it's better. And he was excited, actually, about us having the opportunity to receive the Holy Spirit. So over these, over these several weeks, I've just been doing my best to convince you that it's okay. That it's a wonderful and incredible experience with him. That the Holy Spirit is not just some mystical or impersonal force that's out there. He's not a ghost, as some of you grew up in certain traditions, learning about the Holy Ghost, and you were afraid of it and weren't sure if that was something that you, were, that you wanted to get into. I don't actually uh, like relationships with ghosts, and so I try to avoid those at all costs. Uh, but he's not that. He's not scary. He's not weird. In fact, the original Hebrew word was the word ruach. When they would talk about him, they, would, they, they used the word ruach. And we've translated it as spirit or ghost. But, but, but really, it just meant air. It meant breath. It meant wind. Or the Greek word, pneuma, it just meant wind. It's not scary. It's not weird. He's just a wonderful person that's really a breath of fresh air. He's like the wind in your sails. He's the one that just helps you keep going and moving forward. He's the very person of God that lives here on the earth and lives inside of you. And you can know him and you can speak to him and he can speak to you and he wants to lead you into all these things that are absolutely wonderful for your life. So we've been talking about how we can't actually live the Christian life that we've all been called to live unless we have him. He's the one that causes our lives to be better. He's the one that allows us to live in the greater things, the greater than that God said that we could do. So we need him. We need him to work. We need him to move. We need him to be a part of us. So we're going to wrap up today with this baptism with the Holy Spirit. And this is, this is another area where when we talk about the Holy Spirit, another discussion where people go, okay, I don't know about this. I, I, I grew up about around this. I'm a little nervous about this. I mean, uh, let me just ask, have you ever experienced a little bit of controversy around this topic? There's a little controversy. There is. It's out there. A little controversy. <laughs> a, little, a little controversy that's out there. 
Have you ever heard any negativity that surrounded this particular topic? Yeah, we've all heard lots of it. And so today, I want to try to clear up some of the confusion. Because actually, I believe that when people have rejected this idea, what they're rejecting most often is the packaging. They're rejecting the way that it's been presented. They're rejecting the way uh, that people have misused or abused this idea. They're not actually rejecting the reality of the person of the Holy Spirit who is better, who lives in you and is with you and wants to be your advocate. So part of the confusion, I think, stems around the fact that there there are actually three baptisms that are mentioned in the Bible, and I just want to kind of walk you through them real quickly. That word baptism in the Greek, it just means to be, it doesn't mean to to be dunked in water. Like, that's what we normally think. You say baptism, people think dunked in water, but that's not all it means. That original Greek word is the word baptizo, and it means to cover wholly, to engulf completely, to bury, to submerge, to overcome. It means to be immersed in. So as followers of Jesus, there are actually three baptisms that are available for you and for me, and I just want to roll through them kind of quickly. And the first one is, we're going to call it today, the baptism into the body of Christ. The baptism into the body of Christ. Now, if you're taking notes, there's a little parentheses there, and you should write down salvation, because that's really what we're talking about. The baptism into the body. A lot of people think about salvation like this. Well, I go to church, so I'm saved. Well, I prayed a prayer once, so I'm saved. Yeah, man, I'm like a super Christian. I show up like two times a month to church, so I'm saved. And it's so much more than that. Well, I joined a church. I, I actually became a member. So yeah, I, I'm saved. Still others will, believe, will say, well, yeah, I believe in Jesus, so, so I'm saved. I, I've got a belief, right? But salvation is actually, it's the immersion into a relationship with Jesus. Salvation is the immersion into the relationship with Jesus and also into his body, which is all of us, the church. Salvation was never meant... Uh, to just be once or twice to church or just showing up and occupying a seat. Salvation was always meant to be a vibrant, ongoing, passionate relationship, all in surrender to Jesus. When we talk about salvation, that's what we're talking about. Full-on surrendering of your life and building a relationship. Christianity is so much more than what many of us have thought it is. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, here it is. He says, some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit. And we all share the same spirit. Did you notice, uh, we're going to do a little bit of grammar here. Yay, how fun, welcome to church. We're going to do a little bit of grammar. Did you notice this in, this in the sentence here, been baptized into one body by one spirit. Did you see that, that preposition by right there? Notice, who's doing the baptizing here? The Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one doing this baptizing, bringing us into the body. So if you've given your life to Jesus, if you've been baptized into the church, into his body, then it's only because the Holy Spirit drew you. The Holy Spirit called you with his kindness. He pulled you in. He he helped you to be able to respond to his call. And then he did a work inside of you of this regeneration of changing and working and moving in you. And you became spiritually alive. And you joined the body of Christ. And you're a part of it here today. It's a beautiful thing. But the Holy Spirit is the agent who did that baptizing. So that's why this is commonly referred to as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that does this baptism. And the disciples, they had this experience after Jesus rose from the dead. 
right? Jesus, he, he's, he's risen from the dead. He comes back, and he starts popping up here and there for 40 days. He just, he's showing up in weird places. He's showing up. He's popping through doorways. He's walking through walls. Like, he's just appearing in places and kind of freaking people out, actually. Here it is in John chapter 20, verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. He would need to say, peace be with you, if he walked through the door and popped into where I was, too. That's a little frightening. He shows up and says, peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And here it is. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them. I don't know what that looked like. I don't know what that moment was like. I don't know if it was a, it probably wasn't a, I mean, have you ever, when you read the scriptures, you got to think about what's really happening here. I don't know exactly what that was like, uh, but I bet he had just the sweetest breath. But when he does this, I think this is the moment where their sins were forgiven. This was the moment where they experienced what you and I experienced with salvation. You said, wait, Brent, wait, 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 wait. They've been walking with Jesus. They've been following him. They've been doing all that stuff. Yeah, but he hadn't been to the cross yet. He hadn't paid the price yet. So they were following him according to the old covenant. And now something new is happening to them. This was the moment they experienced salvation just like you and I do today. At that time, they received the Holy Spirit into their lives. Make no mistake, when you surrendered your life to the Holy Spirit, you, to Jesus, you received the Holy Spirit in you. The Holy Spirit came in. We, we've kind of grown up with this idea that, well, do you want to invite Jesus into your heart? Do you want to invite Jesus in? And, and so as little kids, we say, yeah, I do. And so we receive him. But, but Jesus isn't actually the one that lives in your heart. There's not a little tiny miniature Jesus that comes down and kind of crawls his way into the cockles of your heart is that even a word that goes with heart i don't know that's not what it is the holy spirit comes and lives in you and is the seal for you that's what happens when you're saved you have the holy spirit in you but there was another experience that was coming you see it in luke chapter 24 verse 36 while they were still talking about this jesus himself he stood among them kind of the similar thing here and said to them peace be with you in verse 49 he says i'm going to send you what my father has promised but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power. Everybody say power. power. With power from on high. Even though they had already received the Holy Spirit, there was another experience that was coming. And he said, wait for it. And when this happens, you're going to receive some power. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's go move to the second one. So there's the baptism into the body of Christ. And then there's, of course, water baptism, which pretty much all of us are familiar with. Water baptism is a separate experience from your salvation experience. This is the baptism that most of us know. We've watched it. We've seen it happen here or at a church that you've come from, from before. And to be clear, everybody, you don't have to be water baptized to go to heaven. It's not a requirement. The reason that is is because if that were true, there would be something that you could do to be saved. There's a work that you could do. There's something that you could perform in order to be saved. And the reality is you can't. It's by grace that you've been saved through faith, and this not of yourself. It is the gift of God, so nobody can boast and say that I did this myself. It's a free gift for everybody, salvation is. And then there's another step, which is this, water baptism. 
Some people will teach that you've got to be baptized in order to get to heaven. And it's just not true. Some denominations actually also say, well, it's really important too what you say when you go into the water. So when you go into the water, you've got to say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, there's another camp over here that says, no, no, no. You've got to say, I baptize you in the name of Jesus. And there has been a war over that thing for a long, 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 long time. <laughs> You've experienced it. Good. <laughs> Can I just tell you something? Can I just, let me just help this to settle into you. The reality is you are not going to show up to the gates of heaven and meet Jesus and have him say, yeah, listen, this is real embarrassing. But the guy baptizing you, he said the wrong thing. So you can't come in. I'm sorry. You didn't know. You were under the water. You didn't even hear it. But you're not going to be able to come in. I'm sorry. I, you know, better luck next time. Oh, there's not another time. So, well, so sorry. That's not going to happen, everybody. It doesn't matter, okay? It's all right. Now, here at One Chapel, we just cover all the bases. We're not really concerned about this, but we say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the powerful name of Jesus, and take you under, and you come up with resurrection power. So we're not concerned about it, but we're just going to cover it all anyway, all right? So <laughs> baptism is not a requirement for salvation, but it is an important step. Jesus did tell us to be baptized. In fact, 27 times in the New Testament, people follow Jesus and then get baptized. Acts 2.41, here it is, one, one major moment. Those who accepted his message, they were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that, to that day. Why is this so important? Well, one of the reasons is because when you surrender your life to Jesus, it's a private decision. But at some point, that private decision, it has to become public. It's got to come out so that other people. This is the reason why we actually have marriage ceremonies and not just uh, marriages, just weddings. We have marriage ceremonies where we invite people to come. It's why we wear wedding rings like this. We have these on our finger. It says, hey, all of this <laughs> is taken. You know what I'm saying? She, she liked it. She put a ring on it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just saying. But that, that's what this is. This ring, this ring declares, hey, 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 I belong to somebody. I belong to somebody, and we are committed. This band here, this doesn't make me married to Maria. It's the vows that I took, the lifelong vows that I took under God, with God. I, I, I committed my life to her. That's what made us married. But this is just a symbol that we're married, and it's the public declaration of that private decision that I made. That's what this is, and that's kind of what water baptism is. So that's why we say water baptism is essentially, it's going public. <laughs> water baptism is going public with this thing, and going public is important. But that's not all that happens. There is something amazing and supernatural and powerful that happens to you when you go under the water and you identify with the death and burial and then subsequent resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a supernatural and spiritual thing that takes place in your life and in your heart. It's a mystery, but it's absolutely incredible. By the way, we're having a water baptism on April 28th, just, just after Easter. We're going to have a massive celebration, invite a whole bunch of people, and declare and go public together. So you can go to onechapel.com slash baptism, and you can sign up for that. You could do that today if you want to. So when I give the opportunity for people to follow Jesus, we, here in this room, we do that privately in your seat. But at some point, that decision has to go public. It has to come out, and we do that through water baptism. 
Here it is, Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Baptism is just that acknowledgement. Hey, 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 everybody, I follow Jesus. Which then leads us to the third baptism. So you've got baptism into the body of Christ, salvation. You've got water baptism. And then you've got the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And the story that I started out with today. Now remember, the disciples, they'd already received the Holy Spirit when they believed, and so did you. Jesus said to them then, wait. Now you've received this. Now I want you to wait, and you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Uh, the best way that I've, that I've always seen this is just, it's kind of like this. This is you. Look how pretty you are. Oh, you're a little smudged. Well, that's kind of the way it works. <laughs> and when you give your life to Jesus and you surrender, you get filled up. The Spirit comes and He lives in you. He seals you for the day of redemption. Like It happens. It, you're, you are filled with the Holy Spirit and it's an amazing encounter. But then when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, something else happens. And all of this, just imagine this as a representative of a massive pool or even the ocean. And what happens in the baptism with the Holy Spirit is all of this, all of you, it just gets submerged. It gets dunked in to overflowing, immersed in the Holy Spirit. Do you see the picture? The comforter, the advocate, the one who wants to be with you, the one who wants to counsel and guide you, the one who wants to walk alongside you, he wants you to be immersed in him. People reject the packaging. They don't reject the reality because this is a wonderful and amazing and transformative experience that's for everybody. This third baptism, this one, the baptism with the Holy Spirit, it's for here. It's for the earth. It's for people around. It's for God's kingdom to come and work through you. It's for his purposes here. God has a plan. He's got a purpose for you. And he wants to give you the power to be able to do it, to fulfill it. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. I indeed baptize you with water. This is John the Baptist. I baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me, he's mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Who's, Jesus, who, who's John the Baptist referring to here? Well, I just spoiled it. Jesus. John the Baptist is referring to Jesus. So who does the baptizing here? Jesus does. Jesus is the one that baptizes. And who is he baptizing us with? The Holy Spirit. That's why we call this the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Now listen, everybody. It's this baptism where the power comes from. It's this baptism with the Holy Spirit that enables you to do all the things that we've been talking about over the course of these past eight weeks. To hear clearly, to operate in the gifts, to hear clearly His voice and be able to do what He says. To have the power to live righteously that we've been talking about. This is where all of this comes from. Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power. Everybody say power. You receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. It was through this baptism with the Holy Spirit that power came on those first disciples and it completely transformed them and who they were and where they were going. From out of this, you start to see in, in the book of Acts, you start to see miracles. You see boldness like you've never seen before. You see them doing things that they never thought possible. In fact, look at Peter. Just Peter. I love Peter so much because I identify so much with Peter because sometimes Peter is a huge loser. 
And Peter, you see him on the night before Jesus was crucified, and he can't even speak up to one servant girl about following Jesus. He says, no, 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 I, I, I don't know the man. He betrays him three times. Fast forward to the day of Pentecost, and the Holy Spirit comes down and fills those people, and they're baptized with the Holy Spirit. And now Peter steps up, and he preaches to thousands of people, and 3,000 of them follow Jesus. What's the major difference in Peter's life between those two events? The baptism with the Holy Spirit. Completely transforming his life. It gives power. And it's this baptism that will give you power to live the life that he's called you to as well. All right, so Brent, why is this such a big deal? Why, why, why? Where are we here? What are we doing? Do you remember Jesus' final instructions to his disciples? Most of us, when we talk about that, we think of Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And that does sound very final, especially with the amen at the end. But, but those weren't necessarily the last words that Jesus spoke to his disciples. Many believe that Jesus' final word of instruction to his followers was what we've already read, where he didn't say go, he actually said, hey, wait. Just wait. Luke 24, 49, I, behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And that word tarry, it simply means wait. Just Wait. These last words are also recorded in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. There it is again. There it is again. The baptism with the Holy Spirit. Jesus' final words to his disciples were, hey, Wait. I want you to wait and receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. So before you go out, before you get out there to go out and change the world, I want you to wait and be baptized. Why? Why does Jesus do this? Because he knew they wouldn't be able to do this on their own. That anything launched out of their own strength and their own abilities, that it would be short-lived at best. But if they would be wait and be filled with his Holy Spirit, they could move forward in power and incredible things would happen. Everybody, this is exactly what he wants for you and for me. This is exactly what he's calling each one of us to. Let me just show it to you really quick uh, before we move on. All three in the scriptures, Acts chapter 8, verse 5, you see all baptisms here. It says, Philip went down to a city in Samaria and he proclaimed the Messiah there. But when they believed, That's the first one. Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. That's the second one. Skip down to verse 14. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, that's the first one, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. Hey, you guys go down there. There's a revival breaking out. Get down there. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that were there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized. Water baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And then sometimes for some people just like me that have this encounter, what happens is this this gift is given to you of a prayer language where you just have the ability. It's a gift from God, a gift from the Holy Spirit where you have the ability to pray the will of God. You don't know what to pray for. You can pray the will of God through this prayer language. 
It builds you up. It edifies you. It encourages you. It's an amazing and absolutely wonderful gift. I don't have time to go at length today, but next Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. in Austin, we're all going to gather together for a Holy Spirit worship night. Pastor Ross is going to lead all of us through this idea of a prayer language and speaking in tongues and what does it really mean. And then, for those of you who want to, we're just going to pray for you, and it's going to be amazing. So think about that. Put that in your calendar and come join us. Even if you're like, I don't know. Even if that's where you are today, that's okay. Just come and hang out. Worship God and watch and just see what happens. No, I can't wait for that. Let's get there. All right, so, so this, but this whole idea of speaking in tongues, it is not a have to. You do not have to receive this to be able to go to heaven. That comes by grace, through faith. That's, that's, just, that's just something that Jesus gives to you. This is not a have to, this is simply a get to. (laughs) And you're not a second class Christian if you don't have this. But you might not be experiencing all of the benefits that you could have if you did. All right, so what do I do? Why don't you guys come on back up and let's close. So what do I do? Okay, Brent, sounds pretty good. I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What should I do? Well, there's just three quick things as we begin to close. Don't you love when pastors say that? As we begin to close over the next 20 minutes. (laughs) That's not going to (laughs) happen. There's just a few things that I want you to do. The first is I just want to encourage you. Just remove all the barriers. For some of you, there are just barriers that have been kind of built up over time. Some of you, that's unforgiveness, bitterness. For some of us, it's just unconfessed sin. We're just kind of living the way that we want to not living the way that we've been called to. And you just need to start removing them. Confess sin. Confess it to the Lord and receive his forgiveness. Confess it to a trusted friend that'll help you and hold you accountable and help you move forward. Let's just do everything that we can over the course of this week to remove all of the barriers. And probably even when I say that, you already know, yeah, I think I'm dealing with this or I've got this or this has become a little bit of a barrier to me. Maybe it's pridefulness. Maybe it's fear. I see a lot of times what limits people from receiving the Holy Spirit is unforgiveness and holding a grudge against people. So this week, just work on it. Just pray for that person. Just let them go. Forgive them. Remove all the barriers. Like Peter told this crowd in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. Repent. Change your direction. Go a different way. Instead of running away from him, just turn and run to him. Turn into Jesus. You can start here today, just removing all the barriers so that when you show up next Sunday night, you're just ready to receive. The second thing that I would encourage you to do is that you would just ask. (laughs) Honestly, everybody, this isn't that hard. You just ask. Holy Spirit, I just want you to baptize me. Come and fill me up. Just ask him. See, the truth is, he wants to give this to you. He wants to immerse you. He wants you to have the power to live the life that he's called you to live. It's a great and wonderful thing. And he wants you to have it. 
He's not dangling in front of you and saying, come on, come on, do you want it? Do you want it? Oh, <laughs> not this time. Some of us have that, that idea of God, that he's, that he's like that, that he's teasing us like a little puppy. Oh, do you want all the good things I've got for you? Do you want them? Oh, nope, you're not good enough, can't do it yet. That's not who he is. That's what that whole section in the middle of worship was about. He loves you. He's there for you. He wants to give you all that you need to live the life that he's called you to live. So just ask him. And when you ask him, don't filter it. Well, all right, Holy Spirit, I want you. So come and baptize me. But don't do anything weird. I don't want anything weird. <laughs> don't filter him. And if you're nervous about it, listen, I can tell you, he's good. And every gift that he has is good. And everything that he wants to give you, it's good. Listen to this verse. In, it's in Luke chapter 11, verse 13. Jesus says, If you then, though you're evil, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He's a good gift so don't filter him just ask don't put limitations on it don't put any exceptions on it you say holy spirit if you've got it i want it because i'm convinced that it's good and that you're good and then finally after you've done you remove the barriers you just ask him and you receive it then i just want you to receive him by faith now honestly this is kind of the hard part because you have to receive him by faith. I don't know why God operates this way, and to be honest with you, I don't always like it. Because at some point in your journey, there is a moment of faith. There's a moment where you have to take the leap, where you have to step out in faith. And this is kind of one of those moments, and God is inviting you to take just one more step towards him. Would you close your eyes for just a moment here? With your eyes closed, I just want you to hear this prophecy from Ezekiel chapter 47. Just listen with your heart. It says, as, a, as the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. And he measured up another thousand, but now it was a river that I couldn't cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that nobody could cross. And this is the journey that you're on. When you received Jesus, you kind of stepped into the river and you stepped in ankle deep. And honestly, that's all you really have to have. That's salvation, it's a free gift, and that's all you really need. But I'm just telling you today as your pastor, there's so much more. Because then you took some other steps and you ended up going in knee deep. For some of you, that was, you showed up to worship and early on you were like, I, no, I don't, I'm not doing this. I don't get this. But over time, as you saw people worshiping and as your heart of love grew for God, you started to enjoy guitars and buzzes and things like that. As, it, as you continued to worship, your heart grew and, 
and then that, that one particular chorus of that one particular song hit and your arm kind of flew up. Oh, there I am. And you took another step and you started worshiping or maybe you got into a group or you decided I'm gonna take the journey through Catalyst and you stepped in and you went knee deep. Maybe you went through Catalyst and then you kind of went up to the waist and you said, oh man, I'm, 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 I'm getting pretty wet here. But, but the reality is I'm still in control. I want my feet down on the ground so that I can make sure that I don't get swept away anywhere. I want to be in control. But I think that the, the relationship that the Holy Spirit is inviting you into is to go all the way in. But Brent, I'm going to have to take my feet off the ground. I'm going to have to just kind of flow where the river goes. Yeah, that's kind of the point. Because there's so much more. There's so much more out there. There's so much more that he wants to do beyond catalyst and the growth that you have, beyond being in a group, beyond the worship that you have, beyond all those things. There's a world out there and the river of God is flowing and he wants you to flow with him and move and be willing to go where he takes you and do what he's called you to do and open up and be bold in your workplace and reach out and pray for people and give 50 bucks away to somebody that he speaks to you about. He wants to do incredible things through you. And the good news is he's given you everything that you need to be able to do it. You do not have to do it on your own. But you got to take your feet off the ground and you got to swim in the river. So that's the journey that we're going on. And I want to invite you and encourage you to come with us. So with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, I just want to pray this prayer over you. It's the prayer that we've been praying from Paul all through the course of these weeks. And I want you to receive it today in faith as I pray that the amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. In Jesus' name. Now for some of you, you haven't even begun the journey yet, but today you can. Today might be the day where you step in ankle deep and you say yes to the work of Jesus in your life. The reality is, is that all of us have sinned, all of us have issues, none of us measure up to the glory of God, and the sin that we've committed, it separates us from a relationship with God. But God sent his own son, Jesus Christ, part of himself, into the world, and Jesus paid the price on the cross for your sin for all time. And because of his sacrifice, he died so you don't have to. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And Jesus came and said, nope, you're not going to have to pay that. I'll pay it for you. And then he died and he rose again and established the ability and the power for you to be able to be restored to relationship with God. And all that's required for you to do that today is for you to surrender your life to him. And it is one faith-filled prayer away. So today, if you want to begin that journey with Jesus, Right there in your chair, just tell him and say, Jesus, that's me. I want that today. That's me. Just whisper it. That's me. And then you might pray a prayer just like this. I'm going to help you with the words. You'd say, Jesus, I choose to believe in you. 
And today, the best way I know how, I'm giving you my life. I don't want to be in control anymore. I want you to be in control. So come, wash my sins away, and forgive me. Be the Lord of my life. Thank you for rescuing me. In Jesus' name. Father, across this room, I pray that every person that prayed that prayer, that you would now begin to help them. Lord, they're being filled with your Holy Spirit, so do a work deep in their heart of love and compassion and grace and power and everything they need to follow you. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now for the rest of us, maybe you've got some things that you need to uncover. Maybe you've got some barriers and you need to begin the process here of letting them go. So just do it. Just pray the prayer right now. Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me for my unforgiveness. Forgive me for not letting that person go. Forgive me, God. Forgive me for my pride. Forgive me for my fear. Remove every barrier in my heart and life because I want to receive everything that you have to give. And now across this room, if you want to, just ask him. Holy Spirit, come and fill me up. He wants to. Holy Spirit, come and fill me up. Some of you, it's been a while. Maybe you've been a little forgetful. Haven't been spending much time. Take a moment right now. Holy Spirit, come and fill me up. Jesus, baptize me with the Holy Spirit. We receive you today by faith in Jesus' name. So Lord, I pray that you would continue this work pour out into us, continue to fill us all through this week and bring us to a grand culmination on Sunday night next week as we get together and receive everything that you have for us. We love you and we thank you and we'll receive all of this by faith and help us to do that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen.